Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> okay, so we already know that there is a messy burger, but now there is a messy chicken sandwich that will be served at the Hard Rock Hotel. Is that him? Nico, Nico, is that him? Is that really him? I I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, Milanese-style chicken breast top with melted provolone cheese and herb aioli, which just screams Argentina to yes. me. I don't know, Nico has something to say yeah, about I, this. I understand as a burger, I mean, it's a very Americanized concept of what it should be. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's a sandwich, not a burger. Right, okay, sure, mm -hmm. it's a sandwich. Um, but it does have Argentine influence. Milanesa in Argentina is a very well-regarded. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When I think Food. of Argentina cuisine, the first thing that comes to mind is a double fried <laughs> chicken sandwich. <laughs> double <laughs> chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah. all oh, the culture. Okay. And the provolone cheese provoleta. I'm gonna have to Argentina. take your word for it. Yeah. But you know what? I, I, when, when I'll give you guys a chicken sandwich to try, but a milanesa, <laughs> a proper milanesa sandwich, mm. which is the bread, okay. like kind of like on a hero roll, like a baguette. Does it come with free refills of your Coca-Cola? It, and it just, it's, it's milanesa <laughs> Super with size. tomato, yeah, lettuce, and mayo. Okay. That's it. simple. All right, That's all right. I believe you. Sandwich. I believe you. I'll take um, the messy right. deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get that with super-sized fries? Let's bring in... Our good friend Felipe Cardenas, who has you actually tried the Messi burger, correct? Oh yeah. 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 Well, and what I, was the I verdict? Tra traveled to, to Hollywood, Florida, on a journalistic mission to try the Messi burger. It wasn't that bad. It, it was sounded not that awful, bad. Felipe. Oh my God. Look at it. It's horrific. It's got chorizo, caramelized onions, which is fast food caramelized <laughs> onions. So I can only imagine a double patty. Ugh. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. The chorizo. It was like, it did not taste like, it wasn't, it didn't even taste like it was edible, to be honest it with you. It didn't look but, edible but, from that picture. Yeah. Guys, Felipe's breaking news. Fast food restaurants have bad chorizo. <laughs> oh, <Wow>. boy. Okay. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're going to make a pilgrimage to try the chicken sandwich as well. Feels, only feels Man. right. I think I have to, but yeah. I, I gotta take. It's a, I agree. I don't know why Nico's even trying to defend that. that there's nothing. I'm not trying to defend. I'm just trying to explain and give a reason. No, Nico. Nah. Nico told Context. us a story about how his grandmother every day would cook him a Milanese double chicken sandwich <laughs> with American cheese. Yeah, with American cheese. Yeah, sure. Felipe, uh, come to Stanford. All five of us will go get six of us because Jenny will do it too. We'll all go try the chicken sandwich. Let's do it. I mean, might as well. I mean, just just take Tums. Take plenty of Tums. <laughs> Sounds uh, like great sure. content. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, all right, Felipe. Let's uh, let's chat about the the huge event that is happening this weekend on Sunday. Messi going to be introduced uh, as the newest member of Inter Miami. Can you tell us what you're hearing about what this event is going to look like? How big it's going to be? What do you know? Oh my gosh, Susanna, that's part of this whole messy reveal is that the information is very, it's, it's just so tight within Miami. It's like three people know what's happening and that's it. 
but we know Messi's going to be there. You know, I can't confirm that Bad Bunny and Shakira and Shakira are going to be there. I hope so because then it's just a concert and that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I was told yesterday, uh, you know, it's it's undetermined whether Sergio Busquets perhaps gets introduced at the same time as Leo Messi. So a, a lot of things still up in the air. I think. And I think this is very um, intentional. You know, this is Messi's camp as well. And, and a lot of brands involved managing this announcement. Uh, you know, this isn't just any regular player. Uh, you are essentially un- unveiling uh, a brand in the United States. And so I think there's a lot of stakeholders making decisions. Uh, you know, I was talking to people over at Apple yesterday. You know, not every Some people there are in the dark as far as what, what's, what to expect. But they're sending people, obviously. I'll be there. And I think we're just going to wing it to see who shows up and, and you know, what, what the unveiling looks like. I think it's going to be just a classic American big time show for one I of better, the most famous people. I better see Earth. White Tigers, <laughs> I, I mean, a, a concert, a circus. I want to see like an absolute production. How'd you get to White Tigers? First? I, know. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw, I saw Felipe's black cat like strolling in the back there and it just, just came into my mind. But can you imagine hey, that Freud over here. The, arguably the best player in the world and, and the best player of all time is being unveiled and you're trying to make this live up to the expectations. We should Americanize it, have like the flyovers how, from the Jets. How, is, how do, do only it. three people know what's happening? That's what I don't get. It's crazy. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, all of us, I think reporters from around the world are trying to fish for information uh, and just, you know, what, what the what the day will look like. You know, even just yesterday with Leo Messi in town uh, at the facility, reports coming that he was there to finish and complete his medical. Uh, what was his visa, his work visa? Is that approved? We don't know yet. Did he train? Did he not train? You know, if his if his work visa is not approved, he can't train. But I but I think we from based on reports yesterday, uh, he did meet some some of his teammates. You know, I was told by somebody inside in Miami that he didn't he he uh, he trained unofficially was was what I was told. So you know, I think he's just there, way, getting a lot of paperwork done. I'm sure yesterday was he was he spent a lot of time taking the the, the photos and walking in slow motion. You know, for for the for the social media videos that are kind of going to come out soon. Uh, in the inner Miami kit. And then, you know, Tata Martino, I think still even his staff is probably just sort of waiting until they can incorporate Leo Messi into training and, and then try to get him ready for this game on the 21st for Leagues Cup against Cruz Azul. And then that's the big question, too. Like, will he want to play? Uh, how much will he play? Does he start? Does he come in for a cameo and a huge round of applause and the, the big ovation? All these things are up in the air. I mean, that's part of the Leo Messi mystery right now. He was just and, on vacation. And on top of the mystery is whether he has actually signed this contract already because there are conflicting right. reports. But from my sources, it's imminent. It's going to happen by Friday, and we should expect some sort of announcement. But no one has really said, hey, this is this is done 100%. It's yeah. signed. Obviously, it's a massive, massive deal that the tiny uh, footnotes and all that stuff, you need to make sure everything is very clear. But I think, Felipe, the reason why everything is kept under wraps um, is because of the security of the whole situation and and just trying to keep it a secret before the cat's out of the bag because they they just want to make sure Inter-Miami that everything goes well because suddenly Inter-Miami became... Another from they went from being another MLS club to being the sensation of the moment in world football overnight, essentially. And that, from 
a club perspective shifts radically, right? From the, the top of the administration to the very bottom. So you think Inter Miami is prepared for to take on this uh, adventure with Messi? I mean, that, that's what the, that was the story that Pablo Mauro and I went to do about a month ago. Is Miami ready? Is Inter Miami ready? I think Miami's ready. Miami's a city that, that, that welcomes celebrities all the time. And, and I think it really is the one U.S. city that is just built for Leo Messi. For, for that type of player to come in. It's it's the other question is the club. The club is still playing in a temporary stadium. You've seen the videos of how they're getting ready for this big unveil by bringing in more bleachers, bleachers. That thing's coming uh, down. And, and <laughs> it's it's crazy. And, and in South America, just, just go to like a big time Argentine network Instagram account and read the comments. And people are like, that's where Leo Messi is going to play. You know, an 18,000-seat stadium. And so not only that, but this is still a, a new club. I think I don't think they're staffed right right now for, for, for the all the requests that they're getting. Uh, they are the most popular and in-demand public relations team on the planet right now, probably. And so that, that puts a lot of pressure on people inside the club. And eventually, I think progressively, they'll get better. But right now, it's, it's a huge, it's a heavy lift for everybody at that club. Felipe, I'm just mad that you're not one of the people in the know with your clout. I mean, do they know who you are? Hey, he what didn't tell us who on? the three were. Yeah. <laughs> it could be him. He's in Puerto Rico. I Come know. on. This is, he, yeah. You got the clout? Yeah. Maybe there's an iguana outside that knows. You know? <laughs> A messenger <laughs> I mean, iguana. It's, it's funny. Like, I, you know, I was talking to uh, Diego Valeri yesterday, you know, absolute MLS Portland Timbers legend for a story I'm doing. And, and he, he, he works on the Spanish side for Apple. And he was telling me, like, you know, I'm going to be there, but – we haven't had meetings yet. It's it's, it's sort of like under wraps. And, and I think perhaps even production at Apple may not know exactly what to expect for Sunday. So it, everyone is sort of in the same boat. Like just we're just going to show up and, and, and roll with it wow. and, and see what happens after Sunday as well. Like what happens from the day he's announced? Is everything happening on Sunday? The, the announcement that Nico was referring to. You know, it's it's imminent. It's happening. To, it's happening today. It's happening yesterday. Is it all happening on Sunday? So I think we're just going to see what happens. And then once Sunday goes by, that's when this is going to start to get really yeah. newsy. Like, is he training? Is he going to play? That's that's the next step. All right. You're going to we're going to have you pull back the curtain next week, though, because you're going to be there. So you're going to have to come back and give us all the details. OK, promise. I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be on the ground. Wonderful. I'll be bothering people, harassing people. We'll see what happens. Do your job. Uh, we were supposed to talk about so many other things with you, but as expected, Messi just took over this Messi conversation. promotion yeah. relegation. We'll get to the mm -hmm. other stuff another day. Uh, mm -hmm. Felipe, enjoy. Enjoy. Is, are these your last few days in Puerto Rico? Have, have fun. It's my last day today. I'm heading to, I'll be in Atlanta for 24 hours, and then I'm straight to Fort Lauderdale. All right. Well, Aww. safe travels to you. We appreciate your time, as always, buddy. Take care. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Um, when we come back, we're having some fun. We're doing another Mount Rushmore segment, but this time we are chatting about the best to wear, the number seven. Who did we pick? Find out after the break. Welcome back. Well, Mason Mount uh, is the most recent Manchester United player to wear the number seven, somewhat surprising, joining the likes of guys like Cristiano Ronaldo, Eric Cantona. Uh, but this spurred a conversation amongst us. Who are some of the best players to wear the number seven jersey, which is sort of this iconic number? So it's a perfect opportunity for us to repurpose this graphic. 
Let's do another <laughs> edition of Mount Footy More. Mm -hmm. I really, I, guys, I say it all the time. I'm serving. I'm you are. Serving. You're crushing it in here. <laughs> I don't look mountain. like I came prepared for the, uh, I like the it. photo. But Jenny, I think, is creeping everyone out in the bottom. Jenny, the corner. tourist with the camera, is a little <laughs> unsettling. <laughs> it's just a floating camera. It's a strange it's one. It's very odd. Okay, so this is how this is going to work. We were all tasked with selecting four players that we think should be on this Mount Rushmore, Mount Footymore of number sevens. If there was anybody that was on all four of our lists, they are a lock. They are automatically on Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. um, but then we will then discuss our other picks and try to come to a consensus about who the other people should be. All right, we ready? Right. So there is one guy that was on all four of our lists, and I feel like it is no surprise, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo, um, arguably, I think for me, probably the most obvious pick, clearly to all of us. Nico, why was why was he on your list? And do you agree that he is an automatic lock for Cristiano this? Ronaldo along with Lionel Messi are the two greatest footballers of all time. Mm -hmm. Done. Done. End of story. Chuck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what he was able to do at Manchester United into then evolving as a top goal scorer at Real Madrid and winning countless Champions Leagues, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It's, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. number one yep. as, as sevens go. I think if you only, if you, even if you just took his career at Real Madrid, he'd still make this list as a lock. So yep. he's that incredible of a player. I, I try my hardest not to give him any plaudits because he gets it everywhere else, but sure. damn, he, he's earned no, it. No, he's good. He's 843 career goals. That's wild. Done. That's Five Ballon d'Ors, you're in. You're in. Okay, Cristiano's in. So now that was the only guy that was on all of our lists. So it's discussion time. Nico, you are you're gonna give us one of your picks and we'll chat about it. Can, yeah. Before we do, can I just can we lay a groundwork? Yeah. Uh, to ever have worn the seven? To ever no, have uh, no. <laughs> or to be seven. known mostly as a seven. Yes. To be known mostly as a seven. Yes. Where okay, number seven, so Luis yeah. Suarez, not allowed. No, I, mean, I would consider him, put him a, no, no. Yeah. I he wore it at Liverpool. I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he was handed it by Kenny Daglish. Yep. So, hmm. I wouldn't consider. Can we start him. with that then? Because he's on the list. Where Barca? Uh, not not nine. Seven. Okay. Wore nine. Okay. okay. I'm just saying he did wear a seven. Yeah. Let's lay the groundwork. Okay. Yeah. And also before the trolls hit. Right. <laughs> let's well, let's well, figure out what the groundwork. Before like the 1986 World Cup, they would give numbers alphabetically, so there were a lot of. All right. I know I said Nico, you're going to go, but you already brought him up because Kenny Daglish is on my list. Yes. Yes. Wow. Iconic for, for Liverpool. I mean, he, that, what, he, what he means to that club and then the time that he wore it. I mean, to be the type of player that he was and then also to become the player manager. He's just, I'm obviously a Liverpool homer here. But I think yeah. the importance, what he means, he is, he is the, the sort of heart and soul of Liverpool, and so you know for this that is reason, uh, sevens of all time. Three-time European not, champion, not Liverpool, <laughs> six-time English yes. League champion, two-time FA Cup champion, two-time England Footballer of the Year. Respect is actually not a bad shout. Can we bookshelf it? For, we can bookshelf it, but I just wanted second. to, since Alexis brought him up yes. already, I. Nico, put him I want to put him in the mix. And then try and just okay. sold the bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm. I'm also gonna go back and, for the sake of this exercise. I, I think it's not fair when we haven't seen these players play, but they have become so iconic that I don't think we'd be doing them justice if we don't mention them. And for me, I think Gahinsha needs to enter the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, iconic with Brazil in the 1958 and 1962 World Cups. And some people would say, hey, 
But Pelé was the face of Brazil. Sure, Garrincha and Pelé together were unstoppable. Not in 1962, fact, together, because they didn't play. Together, they together they were undefeated with the Brazilian national team. And in 1962, Charlie Yes Pelé begins the World Cup and he gets injured, doesn't play for the rest of the World Cup, and Garrincha is by far the best player and the top mm -hmm. goal scorer at that World Cup. And I, I don't think we can specifically look at his club career because back in the day, um, if you use today's standard to measure what he did at his club career, mm -hmm. it would be another injustice because uh, in, in Pelé just did at Santos' his entire career, sure. right? For most, yeah, most of it. So um, he is an iconic footballer to wear number seven. Will probably, arguably, the best dribbler of all time. He, he was born with a s deformity yes. in his spine, which made his right foot turn a weird mm -hmm. way. So he would take people on and dribble people on. Cut, so, oh, cut, the best yeah. cut in history. So he was on, he was on my oh. list. So I am- Nice, same. Yeah. Oh! I, I had him on my, I gave a list more than four <laughs> of players that I would argue what for. What happened? No, Angarincha okay. is on it. But so, if you don't have a photo that's not in black and white, we shouldn't put you on this oh, list. Oh, come on. Okay, stop going okay. back. No one okay. here saw him um, play. Can we strong bookshelf this one? No, 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 no. I think we, we've only got a few. We got, guys, okay. we don't have a lot of time for this, so we have to make a decision. I'm saying Garincha in. Alexis is the only one we have to convince. Ah, fine. Okay, great, right, Garincha. Okay. In the World Cup twice, good. Luciano, Garincha, Charlie, throw out another name. <laughs> Luis Figo. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Portugal. So strong as a number seven that when David Beckham, the yeah. seven for Manchester United, comes to Real Madrid, Beckham has to go to 23. So Figo played at Real Madrid and Barcelona, one of the very few players, I think, to have over 100 appearances for both clubs. Mm -hmm. I think maybe this is arguably one of the, I mean, second best Portuguese player of all time behind Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. Uh, 127 caps, the second most assists in La Liga history, only to Messi, um, second to behind Messi. Figo is one of those players that is just iconic, Magic. legendary. Yeah, he was on my list as well. Okay. Absolutely incredible. And if you grew up in Newark, you know Luis Figo. Yeah. That's it. I mean, this guy, the Portuguese fans go nuts for this guy, and you know why. Was he on your list? He wasn't on my list, but I'm willing to substitute one of my guys for Figo to put on this. I have Shevchenko on the list, a Ballon d'Or winner. Oh, that's a good one, too. Ballon d'Or winner. That was a great, great But show. I'll concede Shevchenko for Figo on the Mount Rushmore. How about that? Yeah. Y'all are looking at me. So we have three, three yeah, before. Wow, I'll this concede. is, we're, we're I getting somewhere. Concede, I will concede one of mine. Who? For Luis Figo. I know y'all aren't going to vote for Kenny Douglas, so no. I'll, I'll, exactly. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. In my heart, Kenny, King yeah. Kenny, you are on my Mount Footymore of number seven. I'd love King to say Perez, but come on now. Right. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Okay, so we have three spots mm -hmm. taken, oh, wow. which leaves one remaining. I got a okay. strong I last we, one. I really want to sit here. I get to make one now. Yep. Uh, I really want to sit here and say it should be Mbappe, Okay. I really want to, In but I feel six like this years. is what I'm saying. Wait, no, but what, what number does he wear for France? Stop it. What, so, what number does he wear for France? <laughs> you no, can't but, say he only wears number seven across the board. He's a number seven. Okay. Uh, I want to. I want to sit here and say it should be him, but I'm not going to say him. I'm going to say Raúl. Yes. Okay? okay. If you are a player and everyone knows you by one name, bro, you must have done something incredible. If I'm not mistaken, incredible. I know he played for Schalke as well, but obviously everyone remembers him for Real Madrid. Won the Champions League. 
three times. Incredible player for Spain. Uh, this man absolutely deserves it. One of the Galacticos. Emblematic of Real Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the faces you see when you think of the Galacticos era. Obviously, there's a lot of names attached to it, but Raul absolutely. Uh, I think um, that's a club seven. Yeah. And, and not all time, like in terms of this Mount Rushmore. Right, but Because you he, could but say Eric Cantona too. You, right. Cantona. you could but say they David were known, It's not that, be, uh, he was a striker, you but could he say was known Beckham. as a club right, But he, he wore number seven. United. No, but hold up, but Raul, Raul wore number seven throughout his entire career. Yeah. Okay. For me, he's on there. What about? He's on, he's on it. He's, for me, that completes the Mount Rushmore. All three of us what, agree on what Raul. What about George no? Best? On Raul? I, Bestie was the one. Bestie. Well, this is not about, this is not about quotes. I mean, George Best is incredible. North quotes? Yeah, he's a quote god. Look, uh, he's the original Zlatan as far as I'm concerned. Great player, but come on. You're going to say no to Raul? I put... I, George I, Best did... did George, who do you take off to put George Best on? Did George Best make our Manchester United Mount Rushmore? He did. Yes, he okay. did. He did. Raul. <laughs> who are you going to say? I, gonna say? I thought he did. <laughs> <laughs> George Best is one of the best players of all time. That's in his name. Bestie. Um, I still think Raul. Nah, this is the this, this is the is problem. Hard. This is the problem when you go so far back because yeah. uh, let's just say Garrincha or George Best. None of us here saw him play, but I would take a hunch, and my hunch says Garrincha. Another seven, just two sevens that come to mind. Ribery, Ribery is a shout in, for sure. In, World class in Villa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David Villa, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. great score. Has, has a World Cup more than one more cup more yeah. than Raúl. Career didn't end with them. Okay, guys, we have to we have to fill our last. And shout out to. I Henry think it's Raul. I agree with Alexis. I think it's Raul. And I won't. I I will leave the studio if Raul is not on there. You know what? I won't leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Raul deserves to be on it. hundred percent. I'll side with you as well because he he he's on uh, my list. Fine. For in the interest of time. Uh, Throw names names out there. Who did you know? No, I have best. I I I think that should be. What's the wildest name you wanted to put on it? Does anyone have a a weird one? No. Yeah, Guillermo Barros Esqueloto. I thought you were going to say Dima. So our our (laughs) just to confirm for everyone, Cristiano Ronaldo, Garincha. Figo and Raul mm-hmm. are, are ah, number seven. That's seven's. a great Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Mount Footy oh, I still don't feel great Shout about it, but whatever Henrik we got Larson there. Too, I love you, King Kenny. <laughs> George Best. R.I.P. Um, all right, guys. We're going to take a break. Um, Philadelphia Union head coach Jim Curtin joins us next. I wonder if he would have put yeah. uh, George Best on his Mount Footy more. Hmm. Maybe we'll ask him. Or After Keegan. the break. Welcome back. Well, we had some midweek MLS action yesterday. One of the games we had our eyes on was Nashville hosting Philadelphia and fresh off Philadelphia's 2-0 win over the men in gold. We are absolutely thrilled to bring in Philadelphia Union head coach Jim Curtin. Jim Curtin, welcome back to Morning Footy. Um, It's always great to see you. I know you were privy to our conversation that we were having before the break where we were putting together our Mount Rushmore of number sevens. Um, who would be on your Mount Rushmore of number sevens? I'm very curious. That's a great question. I, I think I have a, a bias to the players that I was able to watch, you know, so, so it goes Ronaldo, uh, the Figo shout that you guys had is a, is a great one. Um, but the George Best one for the, uh, the off the field 
partying the, the combined <laughs> on and off the field. I think he's got to win. He's got to win for sure. Thank yeah. you, Jim Curtin. Yeah, I could not agree more. He put in a shift on and off the pitch. I, exactly. conceded, I conceded because I was a good teammate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Jim, it's always great to see you. Congrats on the 2-0 win over Nashville yesterday. That is not an easy place to get a result, and you guys needed this win. How did you get it done? Yeah, it, look, it wasn't the beautiful game. Um, it was uh, basically organized fighting. You know, Nashville's <laughs> a very physical team. They're well organized and and, and uh, are well coached. And they're with Mukhtar, you know, for me, the, the, the best player in the league so far this season. So it was a, a hard-fought battle. We were a little bit undermanned and, and you know, missing a few key players. Um, but that's when my group kind of tends to uh, play its best. And, and the last thing I said to them before we went out on the field was, uh, play like we have nothing to lose. That's when this group is at their best. That's when we're loose. And uh, I thought that they did that and made it hard on Nashville. Who, look, they had some chances. We had some chances. And um, a lot of guys got red cards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim, in the pregame, you anticipated that you were going to rotate a little bit. Were there any standout performances from some of the guys that don't get that many minutes? Bueno. Jesus Bueno, man. What a game. Um, to, to play 114 minutes or 115 minutes, whatever it wound up being, in uh in about 95 degree heat with humidity and, and push and be still be sprinting at the end of the game. Uh, a good young Venezuelan player that's been with us uh, for a little while that hasn't gotten maybe uh, the minutes because he has Jose Martinez in front of him, but to step in and have the performance that he did, he did great. Uh, Quinn Sullivan gave us a great run up top and then was very close to scoring a couple goals. And uh, I thought overall, you know, a true team effort. Uh, we were hard to play against. And, and like you guys mentioned, a big win at this point of the season. You've really been able to steadily move up the Eastern Conference table. But I, I want to talk about what happened yesterday with the U.S. men's national team and your former assistant, B.J. Callahan. Can you, can you talk about what he's been able to do and, and, and how you felt watching him along the way? Yeah, first, first Charlie, the, the thing I was most proud of was last night in the press conference. If you noticed, it's a subtle thing, but now I put my coach hat on and having worked with BJ, it was great to see. You know, he, he when the team won and had success, he gave credit to the players and his staff and everybody else. And, and when he lost, it was as simple as he took the blame, man, which is a really lost art, uh, I think, right now in, in professional sports or business or whatever it might be. So BJ's a great friend. Um, he's a great coach. He's a guy that I think has done an amazing job um, look, when it goes to penalty kicks, anything can happen. But to see him now uh, make hard decisions in games uh, to adjust tactically, I knew he was going to do well. You know, maybe not the biggest household name, but I had worked with him a lot. And anybody who asked me, um, I wasn't surprised with the success that he had uh, initially. Uh, last night was unfortunate, but still, even in defeat, man, it, it, again, that, that self-awareness to say, you know what, I didn't get it right in the first half and the players stepped it up in the second um, that's a, it's a great quality, and I know he's going to be a top. He can be a head coach anywhere in MLS for sure. Uh, whether he stays with the national team now as Greg's assistant also would be amazing. Um, but great person, great leader, great coach. Uh, a little bit unfortunate last night. I can't speak too much on the game because we were playing at the same time, so <laughs> I haven't gotten to watch it yet. But uh, overall, just that little quick snippet that I saw in the press conference just shows how, how he's accountable uh, and, and is a great leader. I, I just want everyone to know that I would have bl blamed the players. I would not have taken the blame. Uh, but, Jim, I want to take the last two things we talked about and blend it together, uh, the fighting that was happening on the pitch and uh, B.J. Callahan and uh, maybe his connection to you. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, 
you know, thanks to Morning Footy, he put on the Black Air Forces uh, for the CONCACAF Nations League. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that? Well, look, I went to a school just outside of Philadelphia, and anybody who wore Black Air Force Ones could fight. I know that. <laughs> so that was just, uh, just how it is. And when I saw those, that was that was great, man. I think he took your guys, uh, your word there, and uh, yeah, a little subtle, uh, I think, homage to you guys, I think. And I think you pushed him that way. And, yeah, BJ's, uh, BJ grew up in Atlantic City, I'll just say that, so he's seen some things. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I, I love to see the, the style, you know. He, he's starting to find his drip. Uh, yeah. And we bought those for him. He doesn't have you and uh, Jim Curtin's deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, he did yeah, yeah. it himself. We bought them. I didn't know you guys bought them for him. Yeah, too. of course. We, we want to oh, make him style on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, Jim, well, you've obviously come a long way as a manager, uh, so much so that the club doesn't see a future without you in it. Con congrats on a, a new contract. Can you talk about what Thank that means to you? Yeah, I think, you know, look, this is a club that I, I started quite literally coaching with six, seven, eight-year-old boys and girls in our academy, um, and I've kind of worked my way up. I've seen all levels of the club. Um, because I've had such great uh, support staff and assistant coaches that are now doing great things in Cincinnati and with the USA and LAFC, um, I've been really lucky to have uh, great support staff. But really, Charlie, you guys know it. It's the players that, that make coaches look good. And through the years, I've had amazing, amazing players um, that I'll just say punch above their weight. Um, I think everybody knows where we spend and, and what we're able to do with that and the consistency that we've had. So I've played a small role in it just as the leader, and that part's great. And now to be rewarded and, and stay here through 2026 uh, gets me excited. And there's there's always the on-the-field things, and I want to win for our fans, and I want to lift trophies. But, you know, one of the best things is when, you know, you're, you're sitting around the dinner table and your, your, your daughter who's in uh, freshman year of high school says, I'm so happy I get to finish high school here. Dad. You know, oh. that, that goes just as long of a way, man. So that hits hard, and it's, uh, it's a good thing. And Philly's home, man, so this is where I want to be. Um, there's always noise, and there was different opportunities here or there um, at different places. But um, this is the club that I want to be at uh, you know, for as long as I possibly can, and uh, we still want to try to push to lift MLS. Those, those, those opportunities will come down the line. You don't, don't, you're still young. You yeah. got it. Don't worry about that. We'll I'm put in a call to the Saudi league. Great. You can't tell, but it's going great from this. This job is <laughs> stressful at times. <laughs> Dear, congratulations. That, that's awesome to see. And I think some of the plaudits that you've got is uh, player management. And now, particularly this season, you have a tricky situation with Oliver Mbaizo because his family can't get the yeah. visas to come in from Cameroon. How are you guys handling that situation? It must be tough. Yeah, so... You know, the, the article comes out and it's, it's natural, right? We're in a transfer window. It just opened. He just got the bad news that um, his wife and, and, and child won't be allowed into the country again. Um, you know, there's complicated things with our government right now and in, in, in trying to get people in and out of the country. Um, that's not a Philadelphia Union issue. That's a, uh, a United States issue right now. So, um, you know, there is the human side of things. Look, Olivier's talent, I've said it to you guys before, is he is French League One talent. He can play anywhere in the world. He's involved in transfer rumors all the time because he's such a great player. He's a great kid. And, you know, he's in a tough situation now where, you know, he's been away from his family for, for years. And, and that's not easy. Um, so there is the human element. This, look, make no mistake and, and please understand this wasn't a situation where he's kicking down my door saying get me out of here kind of thing it's just something that now we have to open up and explore because 
I'll just say family is bigger than this game. Um, and, and that should always come first. Um, so we'll try to find a solution that makes sense for both sides. The perfect solution is to get his, his family into the country and, and he's here in Philadelphia. And that's still a possibility uh, that we'll work towards. But um, he just got bad news. And, and it's not coincidental now that the, the stuff starts to leak out after that happens. So the, the tough part of the game, for sure. Um, but we're certainly a better team when, when Olivier's with us. Oh, well said, Jim. Uh, we always love talking to you. This is your, your second appearance on Morning Footy. When are we getting you in person in studio in Stamford, Connecticut? When can we make that happen? Anytime, anytime. We've had a busy schedule. Hopefully we make a good run in the League's Cup and there's uh, some good soccer to come in the summer months, but I'd love to get up there and spend some time with you guys. Anytime. You have an open invitation, Jim yes. Curtin. We would love to have you. Appreciate that. Thank you for everything, See some guys. of those new kicks. I know, yeah. exactly. And, yeah, you'll definitely bring the fire. <laughs> Wear a loud with the, shirt. With the snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, we appreciate you. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Good to see you. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. Jenny Chu will be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. I'm Jenny Chu, and these are your latest morning footy headlines. The CONCACAF Gold Cup final is set, and the U.S. men's national team will not be there. The Americans were eliminated by Panama last night, losing in a penalty shootout in San Diego. Panama will now face Mexico in Sunday's Gold Cup final at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles after El Tri rolled over Jamaica 3-0 in Las Vegas. In transfer news, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic has officially joined Saudi club Al-Hilal from Lazio. The Serbian midfielder has signed a three-year contract with an option for a fourth and joins Kalidu Kulubali and Ruben Neves as Al-Hilal's marquee signings this summer. Milinkovic Savic is the latest big name to move to the Saudi league, but the Saudis aren't done buying yet. According to multiple reports, Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson is weighing an offer to join Al-Etifak, which recently hired Steven Gerrard as manager. Al-Etifak. Also reigning Saudi champions Al-Itihad is reportedly lining up a $52 million bid for Brazilian midfielder Fabinho. Al-Itihad has already added Karim Benzema and N'Golo Kante this summer. It's been a busy summer for the U.S. men's national team pool players making moves, and another one is set to join a new club. It's Dwayne Holmes. The 28-year-old has signed with English League Championship side Preston North End from Huddersfield Town for an undisclosed fee. The English-born midfielder spent three seasons at Huddersfield Town and joins a Preston side that finished in 12th place in the championship. The summer has been busy with transfers, but also with new kits being released. And Inter Milan has released what's going to be a big favorite for our CBS Sports Paramount Plus Golasso Network team. Yep, that's Paramount Plus right on the front of that kit, which Inter Ooh, wore in the Champions League final on. back in June. Those are your morning footy headlines.